This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Well, hey, Tammy. Good morning. Hi, friend. Hello, friends. I'm in such a good mood today because not only is it Sunday Fun Day, my favorite day of the week, but it's Black History Month. Yes. Day so two now, of the Negro story. Yes, mm. we can act out, get Show it some respect, Evan. Any Harlem <laughs> parties, holla at me. I'm really trying to be up here. I'm out mm-hmm. in Flatbush. Any Brooklyn parties, holla at me. I'm trying to celebrate my heritage you this month. You a good basement party? I would go to any kind of party. I'm a fun girl. You are, and you're also in your 20s, which means you're not washed, and That's you have a lot of energy to hang oh, out. Yes, yeah, I got we are energy. Not washed, yes. I'm like a depressed yeah. lower millennial. So no. what is energy? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you could party still. Who yeah, are you, White King? Talk to us on Black I, History Month. I, I got with one respect. last year in my 20s. So I exactly. Better have, I better be about that anti-wash energy too. Uh, Do you need me to get you a bottle of Hennessy after this? <laughs> I don't need. <laughs> St- Stanley said he off Hennessy, but he started every show talking about Hennessy. So yeah, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't believe on. he's Yo, off Hennessy. Can I tell you my housewarming? Oh, you were there. I was, I I was got there. One of, I got one of Maryland's co-workers too drunk. I remember this. By accident. I was there one hour. I didn't know who you were talking about. Yo, because I made this. Um, I made a. Um, what's this? Uh, not a margarita. It's the other thing. Sangria. Mojito? There we go. I made oh, a sangria, sangria. Yeah. But I made it with palm sone. Uh-huh. Um, that's the brandy for for people that hang out on the corner. Yeah, that's a lot when of you, extra yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. you you, you got to be on some yeah. So I put that's some palmason and then some um some thought juice not thought juice, thot juice a little bit of thought juice but light lamarita and then that's dangerous. What do you consider thought juice like? But light lamarita, oh ye English yeah, like there's a lot of no, thought no. juice. It's the Rita drinks, oh, okay. you know. Oh, the, oh, oh Rita, like the margarita, yeah. like the yeah, Budweiser, yeah, yeah. like the really yeah. trashy kind. And then I put in some sweet moscato on that joint. I love, I, love, I love sweet muscat and some oranges and some sorbets and oh, like yeah. it tasted good. Yeah, I don't. It was too sweet like for my liking. Whatever happened to regular it. tried and true jungle juice with just like regular old Bacardi and moonshine? <laughs> what? And <laughs> moonshine. <laughs> You're gonna wake up next week and have <laughs> moonshine in there. That sounds serious. Well, shout out to Stanley, aka the Star Tender, who was mixing all and mixologist mm. who was mixing nah, the drinks like and giving tender. them out. I like Me Star too. Tender. Yo, Star what kind of drinks good, are you yeah. guys making out here in these streets? True. I know Ray Russell, so she's real earthy. So she probably made some like India Orisa Lounge, some kind of drink where it's like bubbly and smoke mm-hmm. comes out, and the Orisha is talking to you, <laughs> and the ancestors fill your, your liver up as you drink it. I know, it's like mad florals and stuff. But BB yeah. is from Texas, so whatever. She she made was yeah. like a 32 ounce Hennessy <laughs> crown apple douce <laughs> and then she chased it yeah. with a little bit of Bud Light I love how we're just projecting on all of That's our like, Facebook live listeners right now yep you ever yep. you ever saw I love it. it's like a margarita at BBQ's Ooh. where it's like like this entire table yep, yep. <laughs> yo speaking of drinks Buffalo Wild Wings on 125th Street by the Magic Johnson movie theater closed down oh with oh, no warning I had a I had a coupon for free chicken so I was gonna go there and it was just like a paper sign that said, we closed y'all forever. Oh, <laughs> a paper sign. That's so sad. Well, he died like he lived. Seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have a great yeah. show lined up. We're actually going to be speaking about the death of Kobe Bryant. That's right. Uh-huh. Um, very sad. I know a lot of us are still unpacking, have a lot of emotions around it. And we need to talk about that as well as the controversy. I mean, everything is so controversial in like 2020 and like the tw- ever since social media happened. Like nothing can just happen. Without some type of polarizing controversial effect. So, we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. that. Um, The impeachment trial, we need to talk about that and some other things. So, guys,
guys, if you want to let your voices be heard, keep those comments coming on Facebook Live. We're at <clears throat> facebook.com slash let your voice be heard. You can talk to us as well on IG. Mm-hmm. We'll be reading and taking comments there as well. And you can call us up. At 212-650-6903. Again, that's 212-650-6903. All right, guys. We'll be right back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. This song is dedicated to all the young people, 29 and under. So I don't get girls. I don't need no girls because I don't got money. Mm. <laughs> that was a bar, right? We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM. WHC are the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill, Tammy, David, and of course, Evan Mastronardi, the Italian Dominican. He's not really Dominican, but I'm going to keep saying that. My, my stomach is Dominican. We'll is, go that, <laughs> is that problematic? It might be. No, it might I be. Mean, there, are, there are real Italian, you know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a real mix. Well, whatever, anyway. however you want to identify, we support, Whoa. okay? So you transracial uh, on Black History Month? Is that what you're saying, Evan? <laughs> I, I don't try to Ricardo Dozeal this. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Um, well, it's Black History Month, guys, obviously. It's also Super Bowl Sunday. So in light of it being Black History and Super Bowl Sunday, PETA actually released an All Pet Lives Matter okay. commercial. <laughs> we going right into this. Yes. That's where we're kicking it off. Okay, so it's the news roundup where we talk about right. the stories that made us laugh, cry, extremely upset, get banned from Facebook, etc. So PETA released a Colin Kaepernick-inspired Super Bowl ad, which was reportedly banned by Fox. And in the ad, you can see every animal, like all the animals kneeling. They are all taking a knee, saying that our lives matter. And the way that this ad ends with hashtag end speciesism. It is time to end speciesism. No, no, listen, listen. I'm not doing this stuff with white people today, okay? (laughs) No, no, (laughs) no. Listen, you can't save this for March 1st? It's only day two. No, you know what? I have respect for Stanley, pet lives don't matter? No, they don't. I don't care about Scruffy. Listen. Hey, hey, you better care about my cat. You can f- you can say the rest of oh, the Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you, 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 I didn't see a cat kneeling in that photo, King. Nah. My cat asleep. Nah, let me let that. me tell you something about, like, white people are bold. They do a lot of bold things. But having animals kneel, first off, I don't think animals can even kneel, except for maybe monkeys. That's one. Two, speciesism. <laughs> But I give respect to Peter because they're always wilding for respect like this. They are always wilding they, for They respect. keep that same energy. They're yeah. consistent. They are yeah, they so are. crazy. What it's it, the same energy as the sticker in this bathroom that says, like, stop selling chicken nuggets. Like, chicken nuggets are genocide. It's that exact same <laughs> energy. Like, where do they come up with the most outlandish stuff? To produce, like, how? Who came up with this idea? I mean, Evan, you're a cat lover. Are you also my with cat. the all I'm pet lives know. matter? Evan, you're a white. <laughs> Explain this. <laughs> I, I don't prefer the. I don't prefer the a before it. <laughs> yeah, no, Stanley. Uh, what what bothers me about this, right, is this is coming like we can't even see Colin Kaepernick, a whole person, fighting for police brutality, kneel. And then we got like every animal in the animal kingdom in the middle of this the Super Bowl kneeling like we skipped a whole bunch of stuff here to get right. Like there's there's so much that the NFL I'm glad I'm kind of at the one hand I'm glad they said no to it. But they probably didn't say no for the reasons I would say no. Like I would say no because I'm like there's so many other things that we should be kneeling for Mm -hmm. that I'm not saying animal rights don't matter. I think in the grand scheme of things they're there. But there's a lot of people rights that also mm-hmm. matter that we're not advocating for yet. So I think people saw this and like, wait, foxes are taking a knee and we're going to take that before we can see like 
whole people taking a knee? They won't even but, like, yeah. they're trying to stop formerly incarcerated people in Florida from voting by adding a poll tax pretty much saying that they got to yeah, pay back. But you want you yeah. want me to care about your freaking German shepherd? No. So, so I just so Peter says, now I didn't hear Colin Kaepernick come out and say this. Peter said that Colin Kaepernick saw the ad. And he positively acknowledged now, it. Now, I didn't see this, though. So Maybe, I, don't, I mean, I, we, I saw the ad, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, he no, positively but he, but acknowledged it. But they're saying it. that he acknowledged it. Well, but, uh, you, well you to Peter's point, they also advocate against uh, uh, stopping racism, yeah, they, sexism, mm-hmm. genocide. Mm-hmm. All they're saying of is animals. we need to no, add they, yeah. speciesism to the fight against supremacy. That is what they're you, saying. That's w- what Peter's saying. Well, I would have believed that a lot more if what they did was show all of that in the commercial and then put their speciesism part at the end. That would have, if they did that, like, connection, if they truly believed that and they showed, like, end racism and they took a kneel for all those other things, then I would have believed that more. BB says forget them damn animals, by the way. Honestly, BB, I'm with you there, girl, because, and this is going to sound problematic, but I really don't care what the vegans listening have to say. (laughs) We are biological animals. Like, let's not forget our place. We have consciousness. We dress our stuff up. We're in an economic system, whatever, but we're animals. We eat meat. I just got into a Twitter beef with this girl the other day because she's talking about we don't have the teeth to process meat. Girl, we have enzymes in our stomach. (laughs) We have lateral incisors. We have canines. Like, yes, the animal industry is very cruel and... Good people would advocate for ways to change our diet, for ways to change our diet to impact carbon footprint. But at the end of the day, comparing animal lives due to our uh, omnivorous nature is so disrespectful. Other human beings are on our same level with consciousness and feelings. And what are animals? They're beneath us in the chain. uh, uh, Well, I'll say this because I agree to the the last part you made. Animals Mm -hmm. also have consciousness. Um, Male mice actually sing to their females. Uh, Pigs, we know, love to cuddle. You got to do what you got to do to get the cheeks. I know. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing more out here than dudes sliding in DMs. I'll say that much. Some mice are really putting in the work. Selena getting what you do in text from these (laughs) Mice out here singing. Exactly. <laughs> from New York Subway they got a rats. Whole, <laughs> singing in a whole song, yeah. right? So basically what I'm trying to say is like, I agree that we need to stop cruelty mm-hmm. to animals when it comes to just killing them. Mm-hmm. And first, yeah. It's not healthy for us. Hard agree. The way Hard that agree. animal uh, foods are mass produced is yeah. it's hurting and killing us. Mm-hmm. So I do think that yep, if we can take true. anything, yes, that's true, Stanley. If we could take anything away from PETA, it's just like we need to be more conscious and cognizant about the treatment of all species because some yes. people say you can judge a society by the way they treat those people or things that are most marginalized. That's how you can judge a society, how they treat their animals. All right. Thank you, Selena. Can we move on to something that I actually care about now? Yeah, sure. Wonderful. So, Super Bowl, it's today. Who's watching? Who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for Shakira and J-Lo to not totally trash the Super Bowl halftime show and do something that'll be horrible. Show some respect to Shakira. (laughs) Nah, Shakira, like, Shakira is a triple threat. No, of course. So is J-Lo. She can dance and she looks good. You sound That's like you're describing Jennifer Lopez. No, I'm not, because Jennifer Lopez cannot sing. So <gasps> hey, ooh, we, we, we don't diss Bronx queens on this show. I mean, it, well, <laughs> it's she, true. If, we if, she, if she acknowledged <laughs> that she was from the Bronx and, and, and cares about the Bronx, maybe, but she, won't, she probably wouldn't know Castle Hill if she was stuck in the middle of it. Now, meanwhile, Shakira, 
She's a boss. J-Lo was lip-syncing Ashanti songs for 10 years and then got big with some movies and acted like she was too good for it. So, yeah. She's still Jenny from the block, Stanley. No, she's not. She's from Jenny from Malibu. With a anyway, Botox appointment. St- Ooh, all the slander on a mm. Sunday morning. Evan? <laughs> I'm rooting for Shakira, too. Look, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. When, the, when the Giants are not in the That's Super right, Bowl. That's right, Ally. Stand with me. When, when, <laughs> the, when the Giants are not in the Super Bowl, I really don't care. And I do respect Shakira's talent. I agree. I'm also not watching the Super Bowl. And um, I'm still boycotting. This will be year yeah. four. Um, I miss football sometimes. Selena's having trouble. <laughs> yes, Selena. <laughs> Sorry. Continue, Sorry, yeah. Selena's a little bit struggling with her tripod. Um, this is my fourth year not watching the Super Bowl, and I feel kind of bad because there's a black quarterback in there, so I want to root for Patrick, Mah- Patrick Mahomes just because, you know, he's a black guy and he can win, but the NFL is racist. But Jay-Z has been doing a press run about the Super Bowl, and he's saying that while everybody was criticizing him, he got $100 million, He got the NFL to dedicate $100 million towards criminal justice reform. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That's the same $100 million that NFL offered Colin Kaepernick if he stopped kneeling. Mm. Like, it's not. They were going to spend the money anyway. Wow. Like, mm. congrats, Jay-Z. You still are a sellout. Well, <laughs> Tammy, yes. So, first of all, I don't care about sports at all so i will not be watching because it's boring <laughs> but also i will not be watching because i feel like shakira and j-lo kind of sold out doing this really? show yeah remember how rihanna rejected the show this year like she said no nah, i can't do that to kaepernick you know like i can't yeah which is really valid and for what it's worth j-lo and shakira are very talented and good for them i'm happy to see latinas being celebrated but I really feel like the NFL at this point is tired. It's not it's not the same as it used to be. And in the wake of the discrimination that players face, that black people face in the league, I think artists need to make a serious choice about what they're representing. And I would just add to that, I'm also not a huge sports fan, but there's a, a lot of controversy over the fact that there are a, a lack of black coaches and a black executives in the industry. So a lot of folks feel like, you know, the industry itself is profiting off of the, the labor and the, the physical labor of black and brown bodies, but how are they elevated? Can they get, you know, coaching positions? Can they get executive positions in the industry itself? So that's also something that's probably yeah, the NFL is racist and the <laughs> owners are racist. I mean, I got nothing else for you. But you won't watch it unless, what, Kaepernick comes back, Stanley? Even if Kaepernick came back, I don't know if I'd watch it. I'd watch the first game mm. just to support like the fact that he came back. But it's deeper than Kaepernick now. It's been much deeper. All the owners are Trump supporters. They look the other way when there's violence against women consistently. They have tried to cover up the CTE um, concussion syndrome yeah. that the NFL players have had mm-hmm. because it hurt their bottom line. It is just... Like it's a horrible corporation, and I know if I if I lived under the hood for baseball, I'd see a lot of the same things. But I can only protest so many things before I have nothing else to enjoy. And also, right now, the NFL yeah. got to take the L because my New York Mets are my team. Yeah, and also not not to say any sport is doing a phenomenal job, but MLB does of the sports combined a decent uh, improved job with domestic violence compared to some of the other sports. Yeah, you they, can, they, you get knocked out for a whole season in the playoffs. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah, well, Domingo Herman, yeah. He got he got knocked up for half the season in playoffs, yeah. Mm. yeah. So. All right. Yeah, take it seriously. I'm uh, sorry to cut women. it short, no, but no. I'm already tired of this topic. So Did you just flick your hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, so anybody who's listening live and not watching, I got these long, knotless box braids. Shout out my girl Daviana, Dream Deeply Hair, South Harlem. How long did that take to get done? <laughs> oh, my God. So... 
we were chilling, smoking, eating. Oh, like, so it took do- three days then. Dude, <laughs> it took like 10 hours. I'm not even going to lie to you because we were straight kicking it. But Yo, she does good work. Black it women are committed. Nice. I can't even, like, my haircut takes an hour. Yeah. And if, like, Bobby really wants to go ham, it can take an hour and a half. That yeah. time I came in here glowing, it took an hour and a half for that haircut. And I'd be tired at the 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, hurry up, man. Wow. Well, I respect yeah. that. That's like spa day for men. Yeah, because, like, 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 we. No, you finish that's first. Like, that's like self care. Yo, like, Papi like comes that. through. He gives you the razor. Then he gives yeah. you eczema on your face with a hot rag. Yeah, yeah. He wipes you. Well, the joke's on everyone else because it's like 10 hours one day, but then I don't have to do my hair forever. For yeah, for like at least <laughs> two, three months. No, your box braids look bomb, by the way. I just want to compliment you. how nice her braids look. <laughs> right. um, well, let's talk about something that's not so nice. So Mace has called out Pete Diddy Ooh. for allegedly refusing to give his artists their coins. So if you guys, saw um pete diddy received an icon award from the grammys uh pre the the actual grammy uh, the academy ceremony and during the speech he was like grammys do better you know we need some more diversity we uh grammys do not respect hip-hop music or black music etc and then mace was like oh keep that same energy via bad boy entertainment diddy what's up what did you think about that tammy bloop (laughs) <laughs> I love that energy, honestly. And I think more black professionals in every single industry needs to be calling on, I guess, what I would say is their superiors in the industry, like their fellow black superiors that play into capitalism that robs labor, robs work, and robs creative energies from black and brown people. Like, I thought it was so amazing that he got called out, especially because I don't like Diddy, what he did with Cassie. And I just had read... Well, because he treated her badly and he paused her career for so many years on some allegedly, nonsense. allegedly, Word. allegedly. I believe all black women. Mm. Well, <laughs> two snaps to that. Mm. But well, thank you, Maze. Honestly, that needed to be said. Uh, Stanley, what are your thoughts on that? Come on, you know that was my era. I grew up in that bad boy era. You did. Everybody knows that Diddy was like hustling everybody off their publishing, but everybody was hustling everybody off their publishing. There are very few places where any artist owns a good chunk of their publishing. That's just not the case. Now, 20000 for his publishing, that's crazy because Mace didn't just have his own albums. He wrote for Diddy. He brought in a group. He did a lot of stuff for, for, for Diddy and Bad Boy, so he should have more money. But what I heard vis-a-vis the Joe Budden podcast yesterday on what they were saying is that the $2 million that Mace offered to give Diddy back for his publishing was apparently $2 million that Diddy gave to Mace, and Mace was supposed to put out music with it, and instead Mace left and then started working with 50 Cent. And that's where that 50 Cent Diddy beef came from because Mace took the money, didn't pay Diddy back, and it was doing that. It sounds like a big old mess. It sounds very, very messy. Um, To your point, I do think artists are more empowered about publishing rights because that's where the real money comes in. It's the composers and the lyricists, Mm -hmm. people who write Mm -hmm. the music that earn a lot of the money. But he's going to get it back in seven years when he turns 50. All of it. How? Because like it gets like they only have it for a certain amount of years intellectual property, then it has to go back to their original creator. Mm-hmm. And when he turns fifty, that's what Diddy said to him: like, yeah. you can pay me more than this guy's offering, or you can get it when you turn fifty. All of it. Mm. So, who, I mean, who is the European guy? Because I, I kept seeing, I kept seeing something about I, that, some n- comparison. None of us just some rich white dude. Yeah, probably. <laughs> which, which exactly, and if that's how it's presented to him, that's also kind of problematic too. Yeah. more yeah. than this European guy, but. <laughs> You know, Prince always said, "Own your masters." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and before yeah. they own you, you know, and, and that's not, that's what he said. And and um, the other thing where it happened was uh, with Kellis and the Neptunes. Oh, Kellis? I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, 
Black Dude, I did the same thing on the phone this case. week. I could not. <laughs> uh, but it's and the thing was like she was saying like she was getting so much she was getting so much guap off like touring that she wasn't noticing at first. And that's the problem is like when you're a young artist and like you're making some money, it may not be the first thing you notice. You may not even know you're getting hustled until mm-hmm. like down the line because you're happy to get some money. You're happy for the fame. Mm-hmm. And it's a predatory business. Like you said, it's all based on capitalism, even at, even at that level. Yeah. But is the fact that everybody's getting swindled like necessarily that like doesn't make it, it right it doesn't make it right yeah. it just makes it common and it's like it's selective like you're, you're I, are you saying like maybe not diddy should be the only one called out for yeah. it if that's the case no yeah. yeah i mean like it's wrong like for i'll use writing as an example i remember a couple years ago somebody said to selena well you know you could write for this website and you could do all this work but we're not going to pay you but we'll give you a byline which is good for <laughs> name recognition and it was like are you serious like do you know who she is like she doesn't need your byline no, no, she didn't react that way, but like Selena, Selena did not need a byline. Like you got not pay at her that point kind of in stuff. my career, yeah. but I vividly remember that yeah. incident. I know yeah. BB Mendez has left a comment on our Facebook. She says, "While I love his statement to the Grammys, the reality is black people need to raise the bar and set the standard for the rest of the world to follow. And Diddy needs to lead by example at this point in his career if he wants that message to be effective." I could not agree more. Before we go to break, just real quick impeachment trial 10 seconds or less honestly i think that this was a complete flop for the democrats we're not going to get the witnesses that we deserve to really unpack this um you know trump it sounds like he's exonerated and he's just going to be boasting about it come his state of the union speech this tuesday evan quickly before we go to break it's not even a trial without witnesses and it shows how guilty he is that's what i would slam him on if you're really innocent what's wrong with the witnesses That's what I said. All right, guys. So we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're talking Kobe Bryant and his tragic death. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Yeah, we were having a little too much fun with that Diddy classic throwback with Mace and B.I.G. But we do have to shift gears because on Sunday, January 26th, We lost a legend, Kobe Bryant, an 18-time NBA All-Star who won five championships with the Los Angeles Lakers. And two gold medals. Yes, he did. He died in a horrific helicopter crash in Calabasas, California, along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, Gianna, and seven other people. The loss reverberated around the world. Now, Kobe Bryant was more than just a sports icon. He was an Oscar winner, an Emmy winner, a tech investor, a youth basketball coach, a role model, a friend, a husband, and a 41-year-old proud girl dad who made a tremendous impact in our world. He was an inspiration. So today, as we unpack the life, legacy, and tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, as well as the controversy around his 2003 sexual assault case and the way his death has been reported in the media, I know we have a lot of thoughts around this. And I want to actually open up this conversation with Stanley because for you, Kobe Bryant was a hero. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I've been following Kobe since I was an 11-year-old kid in sixth grade, and there were rumors about this high schooler who was the next Jordan. 
and was going to, you know, go to the NBA. I, I, I saw him when he was, like, a rookie coming off the bench for the Lakers. I saw him when he was wearing number eight with the Afro, and he was signed under Adidas and had those ugly sneakers that I did save up, like, two months of my, my, my part-time job up for to buy those sneakers. I've really followed him. I've always, like, looked to Kobe's inspiration as far as his work ethic and, like, his attention to detail and, like, just, like, the ability to always strive for more. And, like, I've taken pride in the fact that, like, people have said have said that, like, my approach to, like, my passions is a little bit relentless because mm. that's what Kobe did. Um, I think Selena can attest for that, like, you know. But, like, I got it from that because I'm like, this is how Kobe approaches basketball. This is how I'm going to approach, like, work or the radio show or anything. We were recording Let's Not Be Trash when Kobe died. Mm-hmm. Whew. I was, man, like, I was already having a pretty rough week. That was like a punch to the gut, man. I'm going to miss Kobe. Um, Evan, you were recording that podcast with Stanley right. when you found the news. Mm-hmm. How did you react? Well, first, it was tough to see Stanley because I know that he meant a lot to Stanley. And I, I could only imagine, like, I, w- I always grew up more of a baseball fan, but Kobe transcended one sport. Kobe was just an athlete that everybody knew, everybody respected based on his work ethic, based on that he's a champion, based on his desire to win. You know, one of my favorite baseball players was Derek Jeter. And he always reminded me of like Derek Jeter in basketball in that, yeah, they're both, you could say, okay, they make a lot of money, but you could tell like money ain't all of it for them. Like money ain't nothing if they don't win. So that's why, you know, Kobe got, and it's funny, Kobe got five rings, right? And Jeter got five rings. So, it was, you know, it was a tough moment. We definitely need to take time to, to process. Um, and then, of course, after that, you know, because Stanley and I do Let's Not Be Trash, we have to cover, like, all the news surrounding it, not just our, yeah. you know, interest in him as an athlete, which did make it, you know, difficult for many sides of this. So I don't know if you want to get into that now. We are or, definitely going to get into it. Yeah. Um, but before we do, I want to give Tammy a chance to talk about her reaction because we had a conversation offline and you had a very different reaction to his passing. Yeah. So for anyone who, you know, is watching for the first time or just tuning in now, I'm not a sports person. Like, I didn't know much about Kobe at all, except for that, you know, he was apparently really big in basketball. Heard him in lyrics. You know, I've heard about him. Um, I think my dad is a Lakers fan, so, like, I'm sure my dad um, would know more about his legacy. But when I saw his death, there wasn't really anything that went through my head. It was kind of nothing for me. I'm really desensitized to just hearing about people dying, hearing about rich celebrities dying in their lives. Um, And so I kind of saw it as just like a headline. Um, What really did more for me, which we'll talk about later, was how I saw his death unfold. Let's talk about that now. Um, I think that was jolting for me because I, you know, I don't know Kobe, but the reaction was like, some of the most that I have ever in like seen, you know, I'm I'm only 25, so I haven't really seen that many legends die. But even when Michael Jackson died, I felt like it wasn't like well, it was just yeah. it was like shock, like all the whole world, like China started making but do, tributes. Right. But do it's you not under, uh, do you not understand the international impact like, of why these I mean, these figures die? He was our era's Jordan. No, I. 
I know that. I and know we have that. social media now. Too. I know. And we yeah. have social yeah. media. But for me, there was just something so shocking about like this very tragic event. Like it was a helicopter crash. And before we know it, like Vanessa Bryant's account was locked and like on every single platform, like hundreds and hundreds of people are making like these tribute posts. Mm -hmm. So many people of which I don't even really think watch basketball or know basketball, but it was just, it was like a crazy ripple effect. Yeah, and I think for me, because also I've seen other people die and uh, you know other legends, and when I see the world react like that, and if I don't know them, I Google them, I do some research and I find out their history Mm -hmm. and I find out their impact. you know, I, I think that, you know, did you and another thing that, you know, we talked about was you thought it was sensationalized and you thought that you didn't actually want to have this conversation because you said you used the term. You said it was Hero. trauma porn, trauma oh, yeah. porn. I'm so big on that. So trauma porn is basically the idea that media in particular uses like extreme emotions, particularly sadness and anger, because they are so polarizing to break stories and get more attention to news stories and to kind of like make things known. We see it all the time in the Black Lives Matter era where uh, black and brown bodies, their deaths are being displayed videos are being sent all over um, and it's a way to get us to react and I really did think Kobe's death was trauma porn because it was freaking jarring like Selena saw the video and it was crazy like it's crazy the way that he died like have some respect have some respect that was a tragic death like let the family have their funeral let the lakers do their thing but the way people were spreading that video and kind of like jumping on the my heart is broken like the world is at a stop it just felt like too much for me and maybe it's because i wasn't i'm not like a huge sports person but even after even looking into his legacy and like seeing that he was this international icon i just like could not understand like why the intensity um silly you can answer that briefly and then we're gonna take a break yeah i mean the kobe the kobe loss was big but yeah the way that like some people have treated his death Particularly, um, some folks who were not. Uh, well, for, for, let, let's get it straight. People, Kobe was beloved, but there were a lot of people that didn't like Kobe. Um, a lot of them because he would beat their teams, and some of them because they thought he was overrated. So, I think a lot of people did respect Kobe though as a player because mm-hmm. you could not not respect the man. Yeah, he has the second highest scoring game in NBA history. Will Chamberlain scored 100 in the game. Kobe scored 81, and no one has come close. Mm-hmm. And so, like. I'm not surprised by the impact of his death. Also, he is somebody who grew up overseas, speaks Italian, Mandarin, um, Brazilian, and Spanish. So, like, he was already in in Portuguese. Thank you. Mm. He was already international in ways that other players weren't. Um, The Chinese Basketball League offered him $50 million to come play one season after he retired. Like, that's how big he was. So, I get it. Yeah, I mean, to me, Kobe Bryant was black excellence at its best. Yeah, And, and he was. And, like, that's... But, like, those are the reasons why people worship him. So, guys, and we're going to take a quick 30-second break.
And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we're talking about the tragic death of Kobe Bryant. We talked about our reaction. We all have very different reactions. And we talked about that. Another thing we want to talk about, something that uh, Kevin, I mean, uh, Evan actually touched on a little bit was public reaction to his death. So following his death, a number of people began bringing up his sexual assault case. And even though charges were dropped, the case was never forgotten as we recall Bryant was charged with felony uh, with a felony sexual assault in 2003 after a 19 year old woman claimed that she uh, raped him uh, she that she was raped by him the case was later settled out of court and Kobe initially said that the sex was consensual but he later acknowledged that the woman did not view the incident as consensual and he offered an apology mm-hmm. Evan as someone who is a fierce women's advocate mm-hmm. and male feminist what are your thoughts about unpacking Kobe's death while bringing mm-hmm. up this rape case yeah so so Stanley and I do a podcast called let's not be trash where we talk about these issues and we we want to support women we want to support survivors and we also want to bring men into the fold so a day like this was kind of where all these things came to a head right where you had a lot of men who were mourning and also publicly being emotional in maybe ways we don't always see because yeah. it was more of a space where it was allowed and at that same time these uh th- these reports came back to light so the first thing I want to say is if you're we have to give space for survivors of assault to feel what they feel like I'm not one. I can't I can't claim I would know how to act that I have a perfect timeline for responses. If I'm a survivor of assault, these are almost visceral reactions. It's like PTSD for some people. But in the same token, so is grief. Grief and mourning is also like a visceral reaction to grieve someone who died, who you grew up with, even if you don't know them. So I felt like during this time, and you mentioned like what social media can do earlier and like the, the picture it can paint. Like if you only looked at social media, it would really look like the terrible uh, verses of Kobe fans versus like feminists and assault survivors. And it did not look good, but that's not the case. That's not the reality. These things can coexist. I want to start, uh, I want to quote a, a quote by Erica Hart from Sex Positive Families, and she said, Space can be held for both sexual assault survivors and the emotions felt with the sudden death of a person who is influential to black culture and who has a family and many that mourn his loss. It doesn't have to be one or the other. No, no, I, and, yeah. I, I would agree to that. Mm-hmm. Stanley, I want you to weigh in as well. Do you think it's appropriate or inappropriate for people to mention KB, uh, Kobe's rape case just hours after his death? Uh, huh. I don't yeah. know if it's appropriate or not. I'll tell you how I felt. Yeah. Uh, he like the the fire. They hadn't even put out the fire yet, and someone said, "I'm glad Kobe's died. I hope yeah. he burns in hell so we can't rape anymore. Good for him." His kid died there with him. Yeah. There are other people on that plane that died. His family is gonna see that on social media. Yeah. And I don't want to like go- govern anybody's trauma, mm-hmm. but I know like how sick that made me feel. So like it made me question how I react to people's deaths. It made me think back to when George Bush Senior died. And then what I said, which is like, you know, my condolences to his family, but like he wasn't he wasn't good for black people. I'm not stressed. It makes me want to consider like just having a little bit more like empathy, no matter how bad the person may be in, in my point of view. 
Um, and then also the thing that p- ticked me off about it is like the reactions. Like people have just like there's some people. There was a reporter who just tweeted out the story saying Kobe was like accused of rape with no context. And like you're not even telling the whole story because yes, mm-hmm. he went through this. He wasn't convicted. He actually apologized. I have it right here. I won't read the whole thing, but I will read the most important part where he says, after the case was dropped, he says, I want to apologize directly to the young woman involved in this incident. I want to apologize to her for my behavior that night and for the consequences she has suffered in the past year. Although this year has been incredibly difficult for me personally, I can only imagine the pain she has to endure, and I want to apologize to her, her parents, and her family and her family members for this. He then said that like he is like he in a legal document that he was under no like pressure to make this statement he did it on his own Mm -hmm. and it showed that 23 years old he was trying to be better he died at 41 he couldn't have grown no not only not only did he grow from that but afterward we saw a whole new different type of kobe and you know at the time of his death he was a fierce advocate for women's basketball he was you know a proud girl dad he was um you know happily investing in in women and and for an executive positions so i do think that the the after this tragedy I was grateful to see a new and evolved Kobe. However, I wasn't as, you know, you also brought up that the journalist, right? Yeah. The, the the fact that a, a journalist from the Washington Post who was tweeted about this art, um, this mm-hmm. incident, she sent out the article, no context. Yeah. She was suspended from the Washington Post. She has since been uh, brought back onto the team. Yeah. Um, and the Washington Post said that although her, her tweets were ill-timed, uh, they were not in clear and direct violation of their publication social media policy. Yeah. But I know a lot of us had a lot of thoughts and felt very concerned that, you know, it's one thing for a public citizen to say, you know, he was, a you know, make accusations that he was a rapist. But it's another thing for a journalist, a trusted member of the media to put that out in the world as well. You know, Tammy, we haven't heard from you in a while. What are your thoughts on that? So I just want to say, like, even though I spent a lot of this segment saying, you know, I didn't really know Kobe like that and like I didn't really feel nothing for his death and it was just kind of jolting to see the reaction. I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. He was a human being and he has family. And that was unacceptable. I feel like, you know, I talk a lot of smack about social media because I really think it kind of pushes people to just blurt out their stream of consciousness with no respect or regard Mm -hmm. to others. It empowers you to think that your voice is the voice above all. And that journalist, especially knowing her responsibility, knowing her following was so out of line and so out of pocket, knowingly publishing something that would antagonize an entire community, a family, and so, so many people. Like to put that out, as a journalist, you're supposed to do your due diligence, and I do believe that she must know how that case played out. Everyone has the chance to grow. Cancel culture is like out of control in that somebody who's lived his life supporting women, uplifting women, supporting his community, to put that out there is just like, I think personally, riding the cancel culture vibe for clicks and reactions, and it's disgusting. Vanessa Uh, Bryant... Last point, mm-hmm. Vanessa Bryant, girl, I am so sorry if you saw that. White I women am so feminism. sorry. That's what that is. You know what, and, and well, Evan, you yeah. know, I know you want to chime in uh-huh. here. Is it possible to remember someone's legacy in full totality? Of course it is. And I think that's the problem. If we thought that that was possible, if we thought that it was completely possible to say, look, this was 
something that he admitted was a mistake? Look, what, what Kobe initially, what Kobe did that is different than a lot of the admissions with that apology that Stanley read, he basically said, hey, I probably didn't have the best understanding of consent when I was 25. Yeah. And a lot of men don't do that. Now, it doesn't excuse him. And this is the thing, again, we can't forget that this is at a backdrop where sexual assault is still denied by so many people. Yeah. It's so hard for sexual assault cases to get, you know, to for just to be brought against them. It's so hard for survivors to be believed. There are a lot of cases like this isn't the first time something was re-brought up. It's like yeah. I was speaking with someone who said she's still upset that Roman Polanski, who is a rapist, Who's that? The, the director of The Pianist. And he, oh. he, he raped uh, a young girl and had to oh flee the he country. Bounced, yeah. He bounced, and he got a standing ovation for his Oscar while he was out of the country. What? But this happened before the Me Too movement. So, people are crazy. But, well, a lot of people stood up. So my point is that uh, like, a lot of people feel like, especially survivors, that anything that happened before Me Too is like kind of people kind of forgot about it. Mm. So... I personally don't think this was the right time, but I'm not a survivor of assault yeah. who says, hey, these are my issues. So many people who do this are getting, quote unquote, like it's being swept under the rug. Yeah. But what I don't want to happen is the example that you gave of the person who said, like, this person should die. I'm happy for them. Yeah. That's not a representative of a lot of people. Yeah, there are right. a lot of survivors of any background who are any kind of feminist, white or otherwise, who did not respond like that, who are survivors who just felt how they want to feel, but they didn't. They were not happy in celebrating his death. And you, you should be able to talk about his story in, in, yeah. in, in the totality and the rape right. case. I think it's fair to bring it up and have a discussion about it. But if you think it's so important to bring it up, then tell the whole story mm. and like tell like like talk about the, the change. I, uh, Jackie uh, Bla Bradley just yes. chimed in on our Facebook Live. She says people have not mentioned his 17-year-old past since 2003 to bring it up now, uh, and they never spoke of it since then. It's something I do not agree with. So I oh, think man. people are saying, you know, th there's a difference in energy then. Th that's we, not th that's, true. Not, that's not true, They though. brought it up when he won his Grammy or his... Uh, what, they, whatever that award was that he won they, in 2017, not, they brought it up. Not just that. This is, again, to understand the notion of sexual assault survivors and triggering. Yes, it was. First of all, it was brought up because during the Me Too movement, some people were like, was this forgotten? Second of all, the fact that his name and his legacy is coming to light again, that is the triggering moment for some people. It's not just about Kobe. It's about all these people who felt like their famous assaulter is now being remembered and my story's not. But it's I, that. I, I want to yeah. highlight Jackie's second comment. Okay, quickly. Quickly, people have to understand there has to be redemption, especially after he has publicly apologized and sought to understand what he did and never make that mistake again. Thank you for that. On that note, we do have to wrap up this conversation. But before we go, quickly, Stanley, what lessons from Kobe's life, legacy, controversies, and now death can we apply, can you apply to your own life? Um... Never waste a second, never waste a minute. And, you know, it's, it's about the work. Kobe would wake up at 2 in the morning to practice four times before 10 o'clock in the morning. And he said he did that because if he worked twice as hard as everybody else, no matter how hard they worked, they would never catch up to him. And I want to make sure I'm applying that same kind of effort and, like, dedication to my craft, whatever it may be, as Kobe. So thank you for that, Kobe. Tammy, quickly, what lessons can be applied here? 
You know, seeing the reaction to Kobe's death, I just want to say be kind to each other. Understand that we all grow and evolve as people. And in this Black History Month, as we reflect on our heroes and their legacies and our activists and the work that they do, we do not live in a bubble. Not every human being is perfect, but we need to learn to celebrate people when they can own up to their mistakes, rectify it, and continue to do the work for the community. Uh, last words, Evan, in 10 seconds. Uh, from Kobe, always be hungry. And from the reaction, um, we need to give people space. Mm. Space to grow. And I'll just end by saying this. I 100% agree. I do not think that we should ignore the allegation and pretend that something shouldn't be spoken about because that is a, a pivotal part of his career. And as I said, a lot of people who follow him closely notice a big change in him. It wasn't always about just winning, winning, winning. He became an advocate and he became extremely yeah. supportive. And if you ask me, that's when his legacy sort of took a, a very different stance, a very different direction than Michael Jordan, who was seen as untouchable and unreliable. Relatable, but Kobe Bryant to me showed his humanity. Yeah. He showed he showed that not only is he made a, a huge disgusting mistake that he apologized for, but he showed growth and he showed understanding and he showed empathy and i think that that's something that we can all take home in addition to the mama mentality the mama mentality that he showed us about living your life to its fullest potential and being obsessed with your dreams until they are actually realized i think that is something that i will continue to apply to my life especially in honor of his legacy on that th note i want to thank everyone who chimed into today's discussion uh thank you for your comments and the viewers on Facebook and Instagram and thank you to everyone who subscribes and listens to us via podcast we'll see you again next week